have a question that I'd like you to think about this morning, and think about it seriously for a moment. Would you rather be a leader, or would you rather be a follower? Would you rather be taking orders from somebody, or would you rather be giving orders to somebody else? The birds have their opinion. Now, on the one hand, as human beings, all of us like to get our own way. We like to exercise our own will. And there's something inside each of us that likes to tell other people what to do. But on the other hand, for those of us who have been in leadership or watched leaders, we know that being the person in charge is not what it's always cracked up to be. I'm sure you can relate. You have to think things through. You have to be responsible not just for yourself, but for other people. And that can be more stressing than thrilling. And in fact, in different stages, in different positions and times of our lives, we have to be both the leader and then sometimes we have to be the follower. But as Christians, what should our primary identity be? To be that of a follower, that of a leader. Good arguments could be made either way. But in today's gospel lesson we just heard from St. John's Gospel, we learn a little bit more about John the Baptist, some insight into his life and ministry. And we learn that two of his own disciples, students, leave him in order to follow Jesus. One of them being named Andrew who goes on to great fame, and Andrew gets his brother, Simon Peter, who is famous in the Gospels for putting his foot in his mouth, to follow Jesus as well. I know of a university that has a program called Character in Leadership. And the point of this program at this university is to help prepare young women and men to be leaders in the society. You might think of ourselves as Christians as being enrolled in a lifelong program called Character and Followership. Because followership is a theme throughout the Bible, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. In the Old Testament, the people of God follow Moses as he follows God through the desert. In the four Gospels, the disciples follow Jesus. And later on in the New Testament, the early church follows the leading of the Holy Spirit. In many ways, being a good Christian is like being a good soldier. Raise your hand if you serve in the forces. We've got a couple. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you a true or false statement. You tell me whether it's true or false. A good soldier, generally speaking, always follows orders. True, generally speaking. Generally speaking. And a good Christian, always speaking, seeks to follow the orders of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, as human beings, we are free in a certain sense not to follow. We are free to disobey. Because, for example, Andrew and Simon Peter, they didn't have to follow Jesus. He just didn't force them to come along with him. They could have said, thanks for the invitation, Jesus, but no thank you, we're going to work at Woolies. And actually many people did say no to Jesus during his earthly ministry. And over the 2,000 years since then, even millions more have said no to Jesus. But what about you? 
What have you said to Jesus' invitation to discipleship? Let me ask you a simpler question. If you identify as a Christian, however you identify, clarify that. If you identify as a Christian, raise your hand. Okay, identify as a Christian. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then you have to come to terms with being a follower. You have to come to terms with being a follower. And this involves a wrestling match between your will and God's will, between what you want to do and between what God would have you do. Now, this doesn't mean that God wants us to become mindless robots with no free will and no say in who we are or what we do or who we become. We are followers as Christians. We have been created with reason, with intellect, with choice. In our own Anglican tradition, there is spacious room for disagreement, for different understandings about the church, different ways of living out the Christian life. But, at the end of the day, there are still boundaries to the house that is Christianity. There are essential beliefs and behaviors to the Christian faith. Do you know what they are? It reminds me of an old joke. Father O'Malley is sitting in his office, and the telephone rings, and he picks it up. Is this Father O'Malley? Yes, this is Father O'Malley. This is the Australian Taxation Office. Can you help us? Well, essentially, do me best. Do you know what Ted Houlihan? I do. Is he a member of your congregation? He has been since he was a lad. Did he donate $30,000 to the church? He will. <laughs> and the question is, will we, will you make good on your commitment to Christ? To steal from Shakespeare, to follow or not to follow, that is the question. This week when you're confronted with a moral choice, will you follow Christ? Will you follow your way? Or more dangerously, will you follow the way of popular opinion? This week in your very busy, important schedule, or when you're doing what you want to do, someone's going to interrupt you. Will you choose the path of convenience? Or will you choose the path of Christ? Think about it this way. What if Jesus had said, eh, I don't feel like following God's will. I'm not going to preach and teach about God's love. I'm not going to die on the cross. Don't feel like it. Imagine the consequences for your life and the world. What if Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know what? I don't feel like following God's will. I'm not going to preach and teach about the dignity of every human being, regardless of their skin color. Not going to march. Don't feel like it. Imagine the consequences. What if Mother Teresa had said, you know what, I don't want to follow God's will. I'm not going to start a global movement of mercy. I'm not going to help the poorest of the poor. Don't feel like it. Imagine the consequences. Imagine if the person who first brought you to church, the person who's responsible for your adult mature faith, person who first taught you about God. What if they said, you know what, I don't want to follow God's will. She doesn't need a church family. He doesn't need to know about God. I know he really needs to take his faith to the next level, but I'm not going to help him with that. Imagine the consequences for your life. And now for the painful part. 
My sermons are often painful. But this is the flip side. It's painful for all of us, me included. You and I are often unaware of the negative things, the missed opportunities that happen to other people when you and I fail to follow Christ. When you and I fail to follow Christ on any particular occasion, any particular day, any particular week, someone may miss out on an opportunity to discover their gift. Someone may lose their faith because we fail to follow them, to accompany them during that time. Someone may fail to meet someone. They may fail to get an opportunity for their education or their faith. And on and on and on. Now, of course, our sins and faults and mistakes can be forgiven. Absolutely. And the weight of the world does not rest on your shoulders and mine alone. That doesn't change the fact that when you and I fail to follow Christ, negative things happen, bad consequences, missed opportunities happen to people that we love, and to people that we probably will never really know very well. And these consequences are described all too well by the writer Eugene Peterson, who says this, No matter how right we are in what we believe about God, no matter how accurately we phrase our belief, or how magnificently and persuasively we preach or write or declare it, if love does not shape the way we speak and act, we falsify the creed, we confess a lie. Believing without loving is what gives religion a bad name. Believing without loving destroys lives. Believing without loving turns the best of creeds into a weapon of oppression. To follow or not to follow, that is the question. This week, will you choose your way or God's way? Will you choose the path of selfishness or the path of selfless love? These are the questions, folks, of the Christian life every day of our lives. And the questions we'll face this afternoon and this week. And so with God's help, may you and I always choose to be followers first. Amen.